0: hello and welcome back to castle run relay a star wars podcast we missed you all and as a reminder our episodes are still dropping bi-weekly for this foreseeable future at the beginning of the week you can keep up with all of our shenanigans on social media our links will be in the description This week, we're finally finishing up our balance series with a part two, focusing his character arc in and the series Bounty Hunters. We are joined by some very special guests today, but before we begin, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd, which I've actually started using and posting again. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd, which all three of those will likely change in the near future. I know I've been saying that for two years, but like, it's probably time. Um, and on Hive is Lover 69 And my Brain Room of the Week, I have four. Because it's been a while. So, the first... Well, I'll-, I'll do three. The first one is Bell's Valance Art. The little sketch she did of him, like, holding up his hand and waving goodbye. Man. The second one I have here is the Bounty Hunters Official Cross Stitch Club. Where all of the Bounty Hunters from the, uh bounty hunters guild get together once every so often and cross stitch together and the last one is that return of the jedi could not have happened without ballots so
1: real
2: i agree these, yeah. these so are real. all ballots
0: so themed if you couldn't tell <laughs> mm-hmm. live would you like to go next
1: sure hi i'm Liv. i use she her pronouns you can find me on everything at lady kira but the i an is an l Except for Blue Sky, where I'm just Kira. Cause nice, it's amazing. Um, what's my brainworm of the week? Oh, it's um, Valance being allowed to smile twice means a lot to me.
3: There were two times.
1: Yeah. Yes, and one <laughs> of them was a flashback. I I can Hello. even show you the receipt. <laughs> pulling, I it up. have it right Pull here. Pull up the panels. Boom
3: oh yes, yes amazing that that was not in the sc- no actually that was in the script okay
1: boom two oh, okay oh wait it. that's it
0: all right cool. now will one of our guests go ahead and introduce themselves while i run and get my bounty hunters issue because i totally forgot
4: ethan you got it
3: all right hi uh i'm ethan Sachs, public enemy number one in valance nation um <laughs> I my pronouns are he, him. Uh I'm on social media everywhere. Well, Twitter slash X, uh, Blue Sky, just dabbling in threads, Instagram, that sort of thing. It's either Ethan Sachs or Ethan J Sachs, depending on whether or not the younger, more successful and better looking Ethan Sachs from Washington got there first. So whichever one. Um yeah, I I did get to meet him a few weeks ago, so that was interesting. We did the Spider-Man meme. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're pointing at each other and uh uh brain worms i've done a deep dive into um true detective uh because mm-hmm. i'm loving the current season and there's so many little easter eggs that uh, i've forgotten in the 12 years since i've seen the first season so i'm now rewatching watching the first season um so yeah i've been i've been doing a deep dive on that uh and um yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll stop there because I know uh, we have a lot of brainworms to get to.
2: Um, I'm Nova. My pronouns are she, they. My Twitter, which is private right now, but you can request it, is Killer Clowns. The I is a one and the O is a zero. And my brain worm of the week has been Baldur's Gate 3, which I have been playing obsessively finally beat act two last night at 3 a.m so nice <laughs> we're getting somewhere nice. i've had the game since december <laughs> but my problem is is when i hit a point where i think it's too difficult i just start a whole new playthrough so, so I, have, <laughs> I have three separate playthroughs right now which i have to stop playing two of them because i keep getting you don't have any storage space so i'm like oh okay time to finish toba then
0: all right two remaining
2: yeah, um, I'm Julia. My pronouns
5: are she, they. The only social media you could find me on right now is TikTok at strawberry.julia. Used to be on Twitter, not really anymore, but I still love Star Wars, still love balance. My brainworm of the week has been Riverdale's seven year anniversary. <laughs> I had it's my very favorite show. I can't pretend it's not. And it celebrated its seven years. So that's been on my mind. It's always my brainworm though. Nothing so new.
0: So real and valid. <laughs> and now finally we go to our final guest of the day.
4: Hello, I'm Dan. I'm just really excited to be here. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I my brainworm is uh I've been somehow Randomly doing a deep dive into the era of Star Wars content that existed post Phantom Menace, pre-Attack of the Clones, when they didn't have any clones to tell stories with yet. So they were just forced to put characters like Plo Koon and Adi Galea into stories, uh, which didn't have pretty much anything to do in The Phantom Menace. So uh, yeah, just lots of Jedi content. I'm reading Jedi Council Acts of War right now. Really wonderful. So that's my brain worm. What a weird era.
0: Nice. Is it the, are you focusing on the Dark Horse series from 98 to like 2006 or whenever it is?
4: Yeah. I recently picked up the epic collection, uh, The Menace Revealed.
0: Oh, uh, oh, I think that two. came out recently. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think a volume two reprint came out recently, which features a lot of stories with Quinlan Voss, and Ayla Secura. And I'm oh. just, I'm totally, totally excited.
0: The Quinlan and Isla stories. I need, I need Dark Horse to just use Quinlan again. I think we've, we talked about this on the podcast before, but the one hyperspace stories issue with Quinlan. I was just
4: about to say that. Yeah.
0: Probably my favorite hyperspace stories issue. And it's, I I remember at Celebration when we were at the, the Dark Horse panel and when they switched to the, the page with, or like the slide with Quinlan on it, and they said Quinlan's coming back, just the entire room erupted because like. As they should the The Dark Horse Quinlan stories are, I think, some of their best work with the Star Wars license. But anyway, that's getting off topic. Well, it's very nice to have all of you in this silly little Zoom room. So, what has happened in the past two or three weeks <laughs> slash months? I can tell you one thing: we've got an Ella variant and a Bell variant, both for a High Republic adventures. Let's discuss.
2: I'm so excited.
5: They're beautiful. Oh my god, mm-hmm. they really blown are away!
3: Beautiful. And I was I was, really I was excited because for a split second it looked like I would have the first for a haunted girl, which is my uh, uh, sort of creator owned comic for Image, that I'd have the first Ella cover comic cover. But we had to have a skip month because I I love Mark Lorenzana, the artist, but New York Comic Con happened and we fell behind, and so uh, curse you, Daniel! Daniel <laughs> uh, swept in and and. Uh, usurp the title <laughs> uh but yeah, I'm so happy for I mean some incredible artists in this community and getting a chance to sort of um you know step up to the spotlight and uh it's just so earned and it's just uh you know obviously I'm biased, but this franchise has um it just has a great connectivity between the fans and the uh you know and the creators and the and the publishers and everything, so it's just it's great to see,
0: yeah. I've been constantly thinking about how lucky and fortunate I have to have such wonderful and talented friends that they get a friggin' official Star Wars cover. <laughs> what else? We have oh the Mandalorian and Grogu. We haven't done an episode since. Oh yeah, it's... I forgot about oh,
6: the that. Movie. That's okay.
5: happening. Yeah, the movie. Oh,
2: the movie. <laughs> I was like, what
5: are you talking <laughs> I about about that? <laughs> it
2: was it's like, been a while. Exciting.
3: My my pitch that. was uh, Mandalorian versus Grogu, which would been <laughs> a different tone, different. I would have
5: enjoyed that.
3: You know, like Alien that. versus Predator, or whatever. Just it would have you know, <laughs> different, different appeal. They don't well, answer my calls anymore. Though, I
2: after that pitch, they were like, "Okay, we got to shut <laughs> That's that's it. okay, that's Grandpa. Let's get you to desist. bed." Wrapping up. Um... I forgot.
1: I'm
0: trying to think what else happened. Um.
1: I mean, that's all I got. That's
4: all it. Mean, so People, uh, people running with terrible fake news stories. That's pretty much been the community for the uh, past month, and it's oh, just yeah. annoying. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because a blue check means they know everything. <laughs>
5: <Blue checking laughs> <is> fact.
0: Um. <laughs> Well, again, thank you all so much for being here. Now we can scoot into our community discussion about Bounty Hunters 42. The viewers cannot see, but I have the Walter Simonson variant from Bounty Hunters 42, the homage variant, which if I said I did not get, I would wind up on international news, but you have not seen me on international news. So it's okay. Thank God.
5: (laughs) I'm glad you you got
0: it. Thank you. Thank you. When I think it was at New York Comic Con when they announced that Walter Simonson was doing an homage variant, I tell you, I I fell to my knees. I screwed mm-hmm. I I scrumped, I cried, I threw up. Ugh.
3: Not and on the variant, a... right? Just making sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's hard, to get, it's it's hard fine. to get another one.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's another on one. Um, but yeah. It, it it's here in my hands <laughs> sorry
4: i was um, I, when i was picking that up at my local shop i was just like i just can't help just like talk to people about star wars so i was just talking to the uh my lovely friend who works at the comic shop and holds the reservations and everything i'm just like growing up just knowledge about the fact that, like they brought back this artist he's from the old cover and they brought it back and I'm so excited and I, oh, I was just like oh man yeah so I'm, I'm I'm so happy I am working on getting a double comic frame so I can put both of them next to each nice. other 16 oh, and
1: 42
4: nice. so Ooh. Yeah, nice awesome.
6: oh. oh
1: yeah meanwhile have- me at my comic book store when it dropped I was like bestie Scott I'm gonna die I'm gonna die when I rate this. And he was like, Okay.
0: I was talking to Didi and I was and he was like, Oh, this is the last one. I didn't realize I was like, Yeah, it's it's the last one.
4: Uh Ethan. Uh, wait, sorry, real quick, this is just kind no, like no, of like on, on the topic of that. Ethan, you have you have been responsible for the guy at my local comic shop hearing a lot about me being very concerned if balance is going to die. <laughs> because it's been like an on-running thing even when uh he first after war of the bounty hunters when he switched the uh when he was working for vader for a little bit i thought he was gonna die in war of the bounty hunters but uh i thought he was gonna die there but i was telling the guy that works there i was like i i think he's gonna die i think they're switching it to tonga the main character so uh i thought that was, what was happening and i i'm, I'm i mean tonga is amazing but uh I'm glad Valence survived as well. But yes, you've been responsible for many, uh, many of those Thank conversations.
3: You. I uh, there was one April Fool's I wanted to do uh if like Siglain and other people would have gone along with this to do a fake announcement for a crossover called the Death of Valence. Oh, I just it straight for a few hours. I
5: think people would have uh, died. Yeah.
6: yeah. So we uh, yeah. Know, yes. no, like people are in this call right as, now. As I do.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. So that never happened. Um but it would have been a it, if I could have maintained it for just a few hours, it would have been great.
5: That would have been amazing. <laughs> try it again. We'll cut this part out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll forget
2: about it in a year, or not a year, in a few months. Yeah, it's like a, like a month. We'll, we'll
5: keep your secret.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Should try Why? it. Get Paolo to draw some concept art. It's uh, <laughs> fake. Look at Dengar holding up his severed head or something.
6: <laughs> oh,
0: man. <laughs>
1: why are you so mean to me it's Um, fun it is yeah it is i can't believe this (laughs) um
6: well
0: what i didn't hear you
3: i said 42 issues oh yeah yeah
5: just being mean yeah congratulations that's um thank you we had no
3: idea when we started any of us how long any of us would go so i think like if you would have told us in the beginning of 2020 or uh I guess the end of 2019 when we were starting we would just you know probably spontaneously combust and then there would be no issues so there you go
2: (laughs) I feel like today so many comics just go for like five issues and then they never go past that so it's nice to see something actually do like an actual traditional run compared to just like a mini series Mm
3: -hmm. yeah and I was like one artist for the vast bulk of it so that is even more rare Mm -hmm. now because just schedules and uh uh so yeah
4: I feel like there's a lot of focus especially in the early years of Marvel's reacquisition starting in 2015 there was a huge emphasis on minis Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. it was really cool because we got some incredible things like Han Solo and Cadet uh but also uh just so many other incredible ones like Jedi Republic Mace Windu like that's always sticks out in my mind it's just a mini that we wouldn't have gotten if it was Ongoing, but it was really refreshing too. After reading those minis for a while, to get four ongoings at the same time, and then High Republic started, I was
3: like, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah. Really well, it's, this is kind of a golden age, and I know I, I you know, I've drank the the Kool Aid, but um, you have two, you have the High Republic, right, and then you also have the sort of the the main Star Wars books, uh, where there is a shared continuity, a place and time. So you can have these stories that connect and you can have different writers and artists and, and other people working together. Because, um, you know, the tradition has always been, you know, maybe there's a prequel, story set in the prequels and a story set here, you know, just, uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a mixture, but by having them all together, we could do crossovers. We could do things that we could reference each other. You know, Valance could go off in Vader and that was sort of a happy accident which i I could talk about it, um, but you know, and then come back, and there were all these things we could do. so uh, it's it was a golden age these last few years, and, and High Republic is still going strong because you know you have all these great writers and and artists working on the on the books and the comics um, together. so.
0: One of my favorite parts of, especially like the earlier ones when we didn't know there was going to be like War of the Bounty Hunters or anything like that, was like the little characters like popping up in random, um, in random issues. Like there was that one issue of Afra, I think it was six or seven, when Valance pops up on the screen and he goes not interested and then hangs up, and of course Afra coming and making a little bit of a cameo in Bounty Hunters one, um, and Lucky and Ariel in the War of the Bounty Hunters run, just all those little bits of connectivity. I, I started, you know, keeping up with the comics during the War of the Bounty Hunters. So like, seeing like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I remember that happening at Aphra. Um, seeing that all kind of like meld together and play out, I guess, and how they play off of each other was just, it's really nice. And another thing about the Higher Republic is that I think I've also talked about this before, but the Higher Republic has been such like a great way to introduce readers to new mediums. Like most of the most of my friends and people that I know have started like reading comic books and keeping up with Star Wars, Vader, Bounty Hunters, Afra, because they read the Higher Republic. Um, and I feel like the the sort of contained linear storytelling there really helps like introduce again readers to the new medium. But yeah, I you know we've talked about this before um and we have basically a whole podcast dedicated to it but seeing everything play out over the past three four years has been very rewarding
2: yeah i Um, got into it like it was celebration anaheim is when i started reading the comics but it was like interesting to catch up with everything But it's really rewarding once you catch up and then you're able to like read everything and like understand like references that are being made in like other comics and all of that. So it's been nice.
5: I like got into Star Wars in the first place in 2019 at the end of the year. And so Bounty Hunters was really one of the first Star Wars comics that I like actually picked up and read and like fell in love with. And you just said like four years. And I was like, what do you mean four years? It's like a year of my life. But I'm like, no, this is a long series. I am grown now. Yeah. Like I was in high school.
0: I was in high school when I first started reading this. And now I'm a junior in college
5: yeah yeah he's been through it all
4: i first got into star wars comics because i had an english teacher in high school who knew i liked star wars knew i was excited for episode nine and he recommended the poe dameron comics to me
0: nice which is pretty incredible so that was
4: my first canon comic series but then Mm -hmm. going into 2019 big year of change for me in 2020 it was just a very very hard year for me personally and like bounty hunters was like honestly like a really big part of that because I was just like evaluating myself as a person a lot and just reflecting on things and just going through tough times and valley hunters was there and that's why I like like now so much that's why I got so into it is because I was like this is like really good during a tough time so
2: yeah
3: well that that means a lot um for a split second I was gonna I, I was thinking you were gonna say that bounty hunters made it worse, <laughs> <laughs> that, that <year> worse. <laughs> terribly and then bounty hunters happen and then all no
4: that that's really funny yeah and then bounty hunters happen and it got a lot worse no <laughs> yeah uh, but uh well, yeah, yeah well, 19 for me 2019
0: yeah I still remember mm-hmm. the the first issue where I was like oh this this is going to have me in a chokehold was Bounty Hunter 17 when I finished the issue and it was a page when Balance is like first waking up with Vader and like Vader's behind him and it was, I was sitting curled up like this on my desk chair in my freshman year dorm like violently crying and my roommate thought I was insane but that was the moment I knew like this this series had me in a chokehold and it was something very special.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know why he. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: No, I was just gonna say the the issue for me was that like, it's. I think it's still maybe my favorite single issue of Star Wars comics ever is uh, Bounty Hunters issue seven.
0: Oh, I I was I was thinking that in my head. That was
4: the one that hit me, and I'm like, okay, this is like, this is something special to me and as a thing.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually teared up when I wrote that last page where they basically, you know essentially like say goodbye Uh, and it has like the flashback to the yeah
0: i don't know how i'm gonna go back and read that series
5: (laughs) i know it makes me cry every time yeah like genuinely
0: i have to set aside like a period of about two days where i reread the first like one to 17 issues depending on how much i read um just because i cry and i look like an absolute crazy person um but yeah this this entire series is so so special and it's allowed me to make such great friends and have such amazing opportunities like ugh. like it it didn't hit me until i had the comic book in my hands like this is over like this kind of mini chapter of my life is over like quite literally mm-hmm. chapter of my life man
5: yeah, it just like for me, especially like every single one of my favorite shows was either like canceled or ended this year. And then like finishing it off with Bounty Hunters ending, like it was at least it had like a beautiful ending that like I don't mind endings so much when I like it just I like closed the comic and I was like, that was beautiful. It wrapped it up so amazingly. And I have no complaint. I'm like, I'm sad, but I'm happy. it was, I really liked that.
6: Yeah. Thank I you.
0: feel
1: like it's so rare to get an ending that is perfect. Like there's always something off. But this was like all, all of Nothing those off. little strings, like down to yura and like Yeah. Yes, I was just
3: <laughs> gonna was say just this, yeah amazing. for the record. I didn't. Charles did that. It like, Was
1: good to
0: say this. That's Charles' fault. I wasn't Charles planning fault. on
3: doing that. Oh <laughs> he just basically had Death Sick call in an imperial bombing and like and wipe everyone out. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get crap for this, but this is not my cruelty. Like this is not. <laughs> uh, so basically, like, I, everything
0: I'm... is Charles' fault. Okay. Okay. Well, so,
3: so I, I know some of you are watching um, Game of Thrones, and I don't want to spoil anything if you're too deep. But... Oh,
0: I think we're all fine.
3: <laughs> But uh, i I in my previous life as a as a journalist, I interviewed uh, George R. R. Martin and we talked about the Red Wedding, and when he wrote it into the book, and he had to like write the whole book, leaving that chapter blank because it was so painful for him to write, and he, he really liked particularly Rob Stark and um. But then the TV producers made it even worse because they also killed like his pregnant wife and like they just made like it just went to this other level of cruelty. Plus, when you see it on screen, it's like that much worse.
4: Okay. So he's like,
3: you know, now I get this reputation, but it, like that wasn't—I didn't do the worst of it. So I kind of felt like it was uh, kind of like that for me,
5: clearing your name,
3: clearing my name. It's all Paolo uh, and Charles, of course. <laughs> but so so just when when it came time um and actually i found out like maybe it was a, about a week after uh, star wars celebration london um, and they said because the thing is often they have to make decisions based on trades like where mm-hmm. so it was like was coming up and it would be after 41 where we're ending an arc um i think we we have to end this now like i don't know that we can do like another full thing and i was like uh I, you know, I've written this towards the end of Dark Droids. It's like, I really want to tie up, you know, I had this idea of like how I wanted to end it. Um, you know, and and so not only did they give me the extra issue, which sort of kills the trade planning, like, you know, it's going to be a much bigger trade, um, but they, they gave me a 30 page issue. And then I also said, I'd like to get, like, I want to do a 22 page main sort of big action story, but then I want like Return of the King to have this sort of postscript where I do all these things that I wanted to do and, and sort of say goodbye that way. And so they not only gave me 30 pages, they gave me Paolo for, for eight pages. So it was like, it. Marvel could have been cooler about it. Like they really, this this was out of the ordinary what I was asking and they they, they did it. So, um, so it, it took like a moving out of like the normal comfort zone for planning and stuff like that.
0: I think the choice to have the two different artists works really well narratively as well. Um, just from like a visual storytelling perspective, I adored Jethro Mor- blah, Morales's art in this. And I mean, Paolo was Paolo, but I think the separation mm-hmm. between the two to make it really feel like the ending of one chapter and the be and the beginning of another, I-, I just feel like it really worked.
3: You know, one thing Paolo did is uh, when there was the, um, uh... Tonga and Losha and Kedilia were like they sort of had their, their arms around each other and then there's like a sunset and it looks but to me it looked like a like a blast <laughs> like so I was thinking it'd be funny yeah it'd be funny if if we crop that out and before it comes out just say everyone dies and it'd be like oh my yeah. god
0: you're gonna roll you were gonna roll one Lush, Tonga and Cadelia.
3: I didn't <laughs> but Paolo <laughs> did because the it's so again, be,
0: everything is Paolo's there's a fault. sunset.
3: It, it was in the script. It says sunset. And it looks like there. It looks like a blast. Like, that's that's not me. That's not me. It literally says sunset.
1: You know. We're going to need receipts for that. <laughs> <laughs> Post the scripts. Post the scripts.
3: I will crop. I've occasionally done that. Like, crop out a little yes. piece. And I'll, I'll put that. And then I'll put. Oh, I, I remember the one. To,
1: that, that was like with the balance shirt, balance as a little
3: treat yeah. <laughs> that happened in this script as well. I
5: remember that so vividly. It's
3: basically you know, who should play him is Chris Hemsworth, who also can't keep his shirt on <laughs> just because they, so neither one can keep their shirt on. Uh, okay,
0: wait, this brings me back. We were talking before we were recording about how about our balance fan cast, and we said that the new balance fan cast is David Corn Sweat, the guy who's playing Superman
6: you, you and
0: said that I, I said that but people agreed but anyway everyone besides you agreed yeah
6: agreed
0: okay. <laughs> anyway ethan um it's it's said it's foretold in the annals of wikipedia that valance is 58 but i have a headcanon that when he got blown up when he rebuilt when he rebuilt his legs he rebuilt them so that he could be taller than Han. is that canon yes or no
3: Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know where the five eight came from, to be honest, because it, you know, in the original, I, I think a lot of that is is sort of the jelly bean in the jar kind of estimate mm. type thing. I don't know where the five eight came from, to be honest. Uh, originally, because okay. no one like we didn't draw him as five eight. I think we drew him closer to six feet or so, maybe six one. Uh, I say we like I I draw six feet, but <laughs> had I drawn. It would be, yeah. So I think it was. Um, I don't know where that came from. It's, it's probably Jason Fry, who is responsible <laughs> for Baylor, uh, Baylor, name, mm-hmm. which is why, which is why Valance didn't smile until this issue is because he knew his first name was <laughs> Baylor.
5: It's not a bad name. It's fun. It's it just so easy.
4: funny to say.
2: It's Star
3: It's Star Wars. Yeah. Walking around angry.
0: <laughs> because his name is Baylor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was set up from day one. It's such a fun name to say, like in an angry voice, too, like Baylert. Baylert. <laughs> Like, good thing in the academy they were not on a first name basis. because that's just that?
6: Yeah. Oh
1: my God. I I really think that Han didn't know that his name was Baylert, or else he would have, or else he would have started making fun forever.
3: Exactly, yeah. Han would not have
4: returned on Hula on Kulask to save him. <laughs> no!
3: Save him. Let him go.
6: <laughs> You're on your
1: own, Baylert.
3: <laughs> I just oh, I no,
1: just
4: oh, looked me. it up. I just looked it up and there's the pa- there's the panel of Valance standing alongside Dengar and they're like this a similar height. How like
0: tall Deng- is
4: Dengar? Dengar is I just did the conversion. He's one point eight seven meters, which is six point one three feet. Okay. I yeah. I feel like that kind of feels a little more where he looked in the comics.
3: I do feel though that Dengar probably is wearing the DeSantis heels. You know.
4: Yeah. Uh, or DeSantis DeSantis just lifts. lying about his height.
3: <laughs> yeah. Dengar oh. does
1: really give like Ron Repolyan DeSantis, complex, you know. <laughs>
3: He's six one, but he seems, you know, four foot nine or something. Like he has that that vibe about him.
2: They bring oh, Bosk's food out, and he's like, "Yippee, yum, hungees!" <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, That's that
6: one video. <laughs>
0: oh my god.
4: Okay. I wanna. I gotta. You mentioned fan casts earlier. For Valance, I just wanted to run this by you guys. So my idea is always like the Star Wars series, live action series right now, are occupying the New Republic period. So years past, If Valance can survive even that far,
0: he did. I uh, said,
4: okay, he will. But, yeah. Don't worry. Uh, but like based on the cover of Bounty Hunters Four, like the close up on his face with the Nakano lash reflection and everything. <laughs> uh, I. I really think oh. that John Hamm could play a good kind of grizzled balance. Before we like yeah.
5: settled on like Henry Cavill and then moved on, John Hamm was one of the people that we okay. like really talked about as
3: one of yeah. our
5: sp- because of that cover. exactly, okay, exactly, yeah,
4: exactly. yeah and, totally.
3: And then it flashbacks Carl Urban.
4: <laughs> no, he's he's always <laughs> going to so, say Carl Urban. So, uh,
3: so I can I can, I can tell the story now. Um, you know, I did the uh, the series called The Halcyon Legacy, which was uh. Mm-hmm telling sort of different eras of stories on, on the ship. And for the last one, it was going to be, um, you know, around the time of the new Republic. Uh, it was one I, Nick, I sort of, it was not officially titled, but I, I sort of titled it the fault in our star Wars because it was sort of this <laughs> like YA romance kind of thing going on. And, um, but I was going to have bounty hunters. First one I asked for was the Mandalorian and that was a no. Cause it, you know, it, like there was just going to be a, a moment where he escapes whatever it was you know bosk and some others and then he runs into mandalorian is the one who captures him so that was a no um um, and i think it was just because stuff was going on and they didn't really know where he was in continuity at that point uh and then my next one was going to be valance but completely metal like like his whole all skin was gone it was completely like he looked almost like a droid um because it was like you know a few years in the future whatever and that was also a no uh, but but actually it was no, I think it was on the Marvel end because they just wanted to leave it ambiguous as to whether he was dead at the end of Bounty Hunters. Wow. So, we talked about a, that. Yeah, he may, may be alive. It's out of my hands now. So his, his chances of survival are greater. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a very good possibilities wandering around and sort of gave up on the Sinskin. We we actually don't really know how much of him is is human- physically and how much is it it, there's like a gray area on some of this stuff we we know that he doesn't have a heart um (laughs) and he can't taste that is canon
0: yeah that's in words in target vader six which i reread recently he can't
2: taste anymore so he can't taste the pickles
4: yes i'm gonna
3: say Finally! he can't yeah i didn't do that i didn't do pickles. that
5: the <laughs> but the that was the robbie textures Townsend there the, text. that's,
2: that's the, what, the discussion
5: of Valence and food is all about texture like what yeah. would he like trying to regain some humanity
4: the idea of what like a pickle would taste like without taste just texture is just terrible and now i understand why Valence is sad all the time
2: yeah <laughs> you know what i think he would really like the pickle milkshake that they sold at I, it's really good i promise i promise guys it's really but he delicious. can't taste it so he it's just like he's drinking it, but the idea of it milk <laughs> he'll taste the little dill like things they put in there that the I, I accidentally idea. ate <laughs> i
3: don't know if the idea is the <laughs> selling point of that to be honest i believe you
2: It's good. It's good. And I hate pickles. So if it's if I'm saying this, then it's delicious. That's strange. I just I just want to
5: know
1: why you, as a person who doesn't like pickles, decided, hmm, I'm gonna get a pickle milkshake.
2: It was because Indy wanted me to try it. I said no, but my grandma was down. So my grandma was the guinea pig. Okay. But we were like So your
3: grandmother shamed you into into drinking the shake I, see. I
2: said I said I'll try it since we have it in front of us I'll try it so <laughs> she kept drinking it she was like no this is good so <laughs> shout out to Nova <laughs> yes.
6: right.
4: uh, well. Ethan I, so because you brought up Halcyon Legacy I had a question and it's just something that so I mean you didn't bring Valance back that wasn't your doing but you told a lot of the story but that just reminded me that Halcyon Legacy brought back a character named Crimson Jack yes from the 1977 Marvel run and I was just wondering because you because you've dealt with characters that started in that run as well was that your yeah. choice to bring Crimson Jack
3: god no um <laughs> <laughs> no I, I because because to be honest I, I love the original run Um, that was a character I did not love. I couldn't (laughs) get past that thong. thong! he wore. It (laughs) just seemed like a very silly character, over-the-top character, but I needed a pirate. And, uh, like, actually, the credit to Valance coming back into canon entirely goes to Mark Panicia, the, uh, the lead editor on the Star Wars line. Because, you know, he is, obviously knows very well the original Star Wars run, and he wanted to take some important characters um you know uh back into um the fold because they were sort of our characters you know um and and valance was this you know really rich one and and uh crimson jack a little less so (laughs) but uh uh yeah it was just like i needed a pirate and it was kind of a cool little Callback, uh, albeit a redesigned costume. That was like my condition. I was like, I really can't. "It's just gonna derail." Pants, please. No one's gonna. Yeah, no one's gonna be able to like take anything that happens after this seriously if if he shows up in a thong Yeah. So, thank
4: you right, for that. Cool. Thank yeah, you like, for saving us.
1: We don't yeah, need to see you, all that.
3: <laughs> no. No. Yeah. And so I, I was. I was a little dubious about the idea of introducing him, but it was fun. I'm you looking know, it has at this the, sort of blowhard hmm. kind of yeah. Dengar mentality. You know.
4: I'm looking at art of him in Halcyon Legacy, I think five right now. And instead of having the thong, he has like pants and then like a skirt over it and like three belts over it. So it's Thank
0: like God to make up Overall, for
4: the lack of pants. And the old colored. one is just like extra, <laughs> ex, just loaded yeah. on there.
0: Pants yeah. too, kind of electric layers. boogaloo. I
3: kind of feel like there must be a human resource officer, a human resources officer on that pirate ship saying, uh, sir, no, like you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Thank crew you is going to mute me. It is just not okay. So, so yeah, that, uh, that was definitely had to have a costume uh, adjustment.
2: Oh man, I want to say this quickly, but thank you for the one panel cameo for Stellan in the first issue. So, thank you for that.
3: <laughs> uh, I wanted Amazing. to like it was interesting because uh, uh, Mike Seglan said to because you know we we knew it was going to start at the I was excited to get the chance to do like a tiny high republic uh story but it was tricky because you know what, what mike said to me at the beginning is like is it going to be easy because you know it's our it's our characters in publishing so like we will be able to like quick approvals and all this kind of stuff but uh the, the thing was pe- they're writing high republic as we're doing this and i didn't know what characters were going to be where or anything like that even even if i'm setting it um so it ended up being kind of cool to have burry in particular is like one of my favorites to and then you know you sort of may or may not have died for a while and then, <laughs> so to sort of get to tell this sort of story um this adventure story was kind of uh cool for me but it was really hard we didn't know who we could use as a villain and for, there was one point where it would have been lorna but then it turned out that lorna was going to be occupied so it couldn't be lorna so it was like um it was hard it was really hard yeah but fun i mean it's just such a fun <laughs> place to play
0: um we kind of touched on this before but what sorry there's like seagulls squawking outside my window um we 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 touched on this before but what were your guys's like just general thoughts about the issue of bounty hunters 42 like just just talk take it away
5: yeah there's a lot yeah. of thoughts <laughs> I, before I started I took like a before picture so I could have like a comparison for how much I cried it was, it was a lot I like got home from class and I was like sitting down and I'm getting sad now
1: <laughs> so real I had to lay down on the ground floor time <laughs> because my head hurt <laughs> because I cried so much whoopsies
6: <laughs> But like yeah, a good no, cry, same. like usually
1: when I cry over bounty hunters, it's because um, it's sad Ethan has ruined our lives. <laughs> but this time it was, it was for good reasons. Like I, I, but I was already like way too emotional. Like I flipped over the page where Paolo's art start started and I like saw it for a fraction of a second and I was like, uh yeah. <laughs>
5: no, yeah. I was reading it on like the like Kindle app or whatever and I like scrolled and I saw the little bit of like cadelia's headband and I had to like put it down and walk away for a minute because that's when I started like sobbing. Yeah. That part really got me cadelia with Bonga and Losha. I, I had don't... such
0: a visceral reaction. I like my entire body like tensed up and I like wrapped myself up on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I there was one point where I couldn't even like look at the last panel without crying, and that lasted for about three days, where I couldn't look at the last panel of Valens like smiling, <laughs> without like tearing up and instantly crying. Um, but yeah, this issue I think from start to finish, it's God, the art like just the characters. Oh man, the the Tatsu comeback.
4: I, I uh, cheered, I fun. cheered. <laughs> me too. The Man. the character of Tasu Leech being brought into this as well has like just meant so much to me, giving so much depth and interesting, especially at the Accretion Disco stuff. That was, that's like peak Tassu, but it's just, it's really, really wonderful. But I don't know, I just, I feel like it's been mentioned, but it just, this issue just kind of did everything that it needed to and so much more. Like it hit mm-hmm. every single beat. I think it was Liv that said it that we don't always get endings that are like that, and this somehow managed to be one. Like it perfectly wraps up. Like balances storyline, brings back in Boba Fett, ties in with, uh, with Java, wraps up the whole Java thing. Uh, it ties into the uh, Yoda comic with the Clone Wars era arc, with the droid, uh, and then all the characters that are wrapped up at the end, like when it got me I, I'm not a big crier when reading comics but like I do tear up occasionally and I teared up at uh Yura and Chandra when I because I have really really grown to be attached to those characters and love those characters and like you said it was Charles's doing that uh <laughs> they were they were bombed but that that really I was like oh my gosh I cannot believe that actually happened to them but to see them okay, really, really hit me. And then everything on was there. It was just, the tears were actually flowing. So it was it was just really wonderful.
3: Thank you. Like a lot of the stuff that, the way we wrapped up, some of it was things I wanted to do from the very beginning. And then over time, you know, things change. So you have to sort of roll with it. Like as an example, uh, we originally, it's my cats, one of my cats, Stella by the uh, cantono <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, as an example, um, I had to move, like, one of the things I wanted to do at the very end was Tonga overcoming her, or uh, sort of survivor PTSD and being the one to take down Boba Fett at a key moment, and that was going to actually be in a last arc, but I had to move it up, um, because we are getting Boba Fett back earlier, and then uh, originally, I was gonna have Cadelia with um, balance longer, but then uh, like came out. Little freaking green frog. <laughs> and so it was like, so you know, the note I got was uh, from from internally at Marvel was like, it's getting a little too close to Mandalorian to have this sort of, you know, almost like lone wolf and cub type setup. So then I had to, and then Charles took over with Cadelia for uh, for War of the Band, and it ended up, I think, being a great storyline because then it became about Kira and Cadelia and Kira sort of getting her win by, by mm-hmm. like saving one life, you know, um, and, uh, or changing one life for the better. Sorry. <laughs> we lost live. can't
6: do it.
1: <laughs> live down.
3: live down. We have Good, him. I'm code, good. I can't think about blue, it too long. <laughs> um, so, so those things changed, you know, um, but I knew, you know, I wanted to give him a win, a big win, um, and there was one thing too is because like from war the bounty hunters he was going to save his friend right han but we knew he couldn't because that has to happen in return of the jedi so i wanted him to do something that would advance the rescue in some way like one of the early ideas that that never um actually uh stephanie phillips i think it was did a great lando story where lando gets the sort of layout of Jabba's palace in that story that to help the rescue because one of my original ideas and the editors don't know this because I never put it down on paper for them but was for Valence to go in and fight everybody inside Jabba's palace and then he is either thrown out escapes whatever it is and it turns out he was recording the layout so he purposely lost so that he could come out and get that but then with when Lan lando got it would sort of be redundant um and then at the same time um, you know, they wanted to sort of explain the neural core and like what uh, that was in Han Solo and Chewbacca uh, that uh, uh, Guggs, Mark Guggenheim did. And um, so it was like, okay, well, actually, how can I connect that to what I want to do? And then it became um, and then I was like, then I was like, okay, well, this neural core could go into a bad asteroid. And then Guggenheim again was like, hey, we have a bad asteroid from Yoda. And you know they destroyed the factory, but I was like, hey, wasn't there one just floating around out there? So they have the, you know, the actual droid, and they can rebuild that part, add the neural core, and now it's this really cool thing for them to fight. So, um, so then it, it it's sort of this because we got we worked together so closely, we could we could come up with that, you know, um, the the reason this these four years all of the major books fit in so well together was because those you know weekly zooms and because we became friends that talked to each other outside of that and you know we were able to collaborate i met mark a few times for uh, coffee uh, not too far from my apartment and like you know uh, came up with this stuff so uh so it all it did what i wanted to do which was give Valence a win that helped the rescue attempt because i i didn't i didn't want it to be something like oh yeah he went after han solo and then he gets captured by darth vader it's like yeah forget about it and then he just never you know it just didn't seem like his personality that he would give up so uh so he was either going to try and die right like go in and Jabba, boba fett whoever kills him right because he he can't stop so he either has to fail or he has and die or he has to win and do something to advance the rescue so i flipped a coin um (laughs)
1: I really, I did think that that's what you were going to do. I thought you were, you were so going to have them save Han <laughs> That would be a downer. Or try to save no, Han.
3: I, you know, I've, I've said this and, and now it's, it's been revealed. Like I wanted to put these characters through a lot of trauma, <laughs> but have them fail and have them try again and, and have them come out of it. And, uh, cause I kind of felt like, you know, that's life it is a, t- a whole ton of trauma and you got to try to plow oh. through it. And, um, and so, uh, I did want them to have, to have, most of them, maybe not Dengar, maybe not Bosk, uh, have happy endings.
1: Hey! Bosk is the, well adjusted anyway. Bosk made a mistake, okay? <laughs> He's okay! in a silly mood. He did,
3: he did make a mistake. <laughs> and but he very also like clearly scorpion, says it. right? It's his nature. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a species, like he literally ate his father. <laughs> right? Like, yeah.
5: Well, when you put it that way.
3: <laughs> you know, I mean, it's his nature. So yeah, so I think that was sort of how that storyline ended. I, I definitely, and I knew in my head I wanted to have that visual of him reaching out his hand, not knowing who was going to be on the other end. I knew it wasn't going to be Yura. I mentioned this before because uh, they originally wanted Yura to be a love interest, but you know, a lot of this is like improv. I didn't anyone. I used to do improv in college, and like you have to take whatever suggestion and roll with it. So if like someone your scene partner does something. You can't say no, like you have to roll with whatever it is. And I'm rolling with um, Target Vader, where he was kind of a jerk to her. And I feel like if he just surfaced two years later, and she was like, I've been waiting for you all this time, um, then it would have, it, she would have been a very weak character, in my opinion. So like, I, I wanted her to say, I've moved on you know and and build her own life and and so sometimes that happens in life it's like you have a childhood sweetheart or whatever and you grow apart you know and um unfortunately he wasn't in the in the place where he could love himself enough to be or accept himself enough to you know to uh to have someone else love him so he had to he had to grow um so that was why and originally I created that Hayden character which was named after Hayden Christensen I I I, uh I wish I could tell you otherwise but I didn't know you when I I was I know know, um, great coincidence yeah it is uh and you can tell people that we we can we can (laughs) edit this part out um but
0: uh we can retcon it there we go
3: originally I literally made made her to shoot him in the face and (laughs) fall off a cliff that was like you know but a lot of times you create a character and then they just kind of keep evolving you know so uh um you know there were things like the memory i knew the memory chip would play into like the backup that we showed like i knew that would play into something later so uh it became natural for her to be the person to you know to bring it and then he had to kind of fall for her to make that whole Imperial... Literally? <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, oh my god. Yeah, that was... Okay. I blame Paolo and I blame Hayden for everything <laughs> that happens on this podcast.
0: Wow. Uh, well, it was so nice having you on the podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm now banned. Uh, yeah, so so, you know, some of the stuff evolves and some of it was you know, how I wanted to end it. I knew Tasu was somebody I had limited time with because, you know, he has to, but I wanted, I really wanted to get him closer to the character he was when you see him, you know, like he refuses, uh, you know, to, he, he's only speaking his native language. Like he's, he's gone from this almost childlike, innocent killer to, this very cynical killer and so i kind of wanted to start that i felt like maybe i rushed that one a little bit but i had to because i knew it was kind of coming to an end at that point and I, I had to sort of put other pieces in place um but yeah so uh it changes speaking sometimes of, from
4: speaking from of tasu um uh, i cannot thank you enough for bringing Rodrigo battle back into this last issue yeah <laughs>
0: That's he a is, that's a
4: deep cut. He is my gluppiest chito. Uh, that <laughs> so, is,
3: you know, I I created him with uh with Powell, of course, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, co-created. But he's named after two um Midtown comics. To uh, what I do is because you know Marvel and Lucasfilm are not uh thrilled with naming a character directly, right? Because just you know, it's a little uncomfortable, so I don't, A, I don't tell them, B, what I'll do mm-hmm. is I'll either shove two names together, uh, so it's not, like, one person's likeness, so, like, if there's a first and last, and there have been a few, like, retailers, uh, or I'll name a planet, um, because no one can sue over the likeness of a planet, right, so, <laughs> so or a spaceship or something, you know, so uh, there, there are ways around it, but, uh, you know, and the last issue pelconen um spaceport is named after a friend of mine who died a few years ago um and cabinas thorn is named after another friend who died uh, theo cabinas who was a big star wars fan so i'll put these little things in um you know where i can uh, i forgot why i was saying this oh rodrigo Rodrigo, battle. yeah um rodrigu battle so uh uh Rodrigo comes from Rodriguez, who was it was the last name of one of, and then uh, Battle is the last name of another, so that's how that naming went. But I I kind of had this, uh, there was this old cartoon with Wally Coyote and and I think it's Ralph the the sheepdog or Sam, Sam and Ralph is the is the, and they are fighting, but it's their job, and then at the end of the day they punch out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you may have seen this Looney Tunes thing. So that was like my inspiration for their relationship, like they're killing each other as their job. But then, as, at least as far as Tassu is concerned, it's just like all in good fun. But he keep, but then he became more like the uh, the Black Knight in Monty Python, yeah, where they would keep chopping off a limb and be like his but a flesh, flesh wound. wound. Yes. So weird things go into coming up with this stuff, but that was the sort of origin. So I kept bringing him back here and there and chopping off another limb. It's yeah, just...
4: and then the funniest thing is that in forty two, Valence uses the Gamorian axe to slice yes. off his already uh, robotic leg, and <laughs> Rodrigo,
3: ah, not again. It's just, oh,
4: that's I try funny. to have as
3: many cameos as I could. Of, of, oh, you know,
4: that was you know, yeah, really, really issue. good having him back.
3: Thanks. My one regret is I wonder if I should have had Vakora with the rescue at the end, but I kind of. I kind of wanted it to be the core group. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really hope uh, some of these characters get more screen time with Vecora. successive, yeah, yeah. So, um, I need I, you know, I sure to write I... a Vakora please, please. Yeah. mini series, yes,
5: ongoing series. I, I would I'd love think. that so much. I just need to see her again.
3: I've I've actually pitched something to Marvel. Uh, on behalf of Alyssa. (laughs) I did tell tell them after the fact. (laughs) But I was like, I I would really like to see this and I think it'd be awesome. So if it happens, I'm going to take full full credit, but it would be pretty cool.
0: Another thing about Bounty Hunters is that all of the original characters from this series are fantastic. Like Vukora. Well, if we're thinking chronologically, Five, four or five was her first appearance and then Alyssa borrowed her and then they gave her back so yeah. this is still technically her first appearance um and i mean along with you know tonga losha everybody else cadelia
4: Urs um, binar
0: yeah i he's my enemy sorry Who,
3: uh, well <laughs> he was well uh, he was he was strangled to death with his own tail so i
4: this B.A.C.N. is my favorite species in Star Wars Mm -hmm. so when I meet, I was like oh this is so good but yeah all those original even the little ones are just they're so memorable. Nakano
5: Lash oh Oh. my god she just has stuck out to me as such like because she's not in it for very long but like the talk that she has with Balance just like has like I think about it when I'm going through it and then like the flashbacks to her in the last issue just like that got me too.
3: I, want, really, I wanted her to be a character that you could believe other people would follow. You know yeah. what I mean? that she's she so this leader, effective, effective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would see, and, I would read like, anything about her. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there, maybe that'll happen.
4: Uh, Please. I, I just, I just cannot wait for, like, wherever any of these bounty hunter original characters show up next. Yeah, it's just I mean, it'll cool it'll thing. just be a joy.
3: That's a cool thing. Like I got to see a little bit of it with, like, uh, you know, Guggenheim writing um, Tonga in an earlier form. You know, in the in the Han Solo, uh, Chewbacca series that he did. Yeah. And um, you know, Alyssa, of course, with Vakora, and I really, I often credit Alyssa because they made. Um, you know, when I when I first when you're first starting, you're it's really like everything you can concentrate on to get that first arc done and then you're thinking about maybe the bigger picture beyond that but you're not little really thinking of the individual details or maybe even the individual supporting characters and so um you know an example would be like Lieutenant uh Hayden who changed over time uh but for me the was at the beginning was just a um villain to like advance a plot point I wasn't thinking about backstory or anything and then um, and then Alyssa came and they made uh, Vakora so cool and it was just so fun it was almost like the best Bond villain ever you know what I mean kind mm-hmm. of thing and, and this kind of witty uh, back and forth and all this kind of stuff and I was like oh my god I would you know and then the next time when when they handed me the baton to sort of take the character back I I kind of played with that you know mm-hmm. and then like the point where they capture her and you wonder like who's really the captive here you know like that kind of dynamic um yeah when she's on the edge hawk edge hawk um so yeah so that that evolved over time and then pretty much from there i knew what i wanted her uh, her backstory to be and this sort of uh although the the next suit was paolo like i always say that the next suit dying was was paolo's fault so uh i take zero zero responsibility for that um so but then it became like okay well this can affect the arcs of both losha and bokara because you know well this is like great well of trauma to tap into uh you know one was like i was too weak to stop this and i'm never this is never going to happen again and then she's just like gone on this voyage of of basically uh tempering that feeling of helplessness into you know changing you know and then um then for Vukora was oh there is deep-seated trauma behind this like i i uh, and there's so much more of her backstory that i hope is is out one day um Mm. choice of words uh (laughs) so anyway um yeah so like that evolved over time
4: speaking of Vukora the grand leader helmet in star wars is of course a transmedia franchise full of incredible helmet designs that stands uh, among my favorite
3: (laughs) that was let me tell you the amount of work that Paolo had to put in because it kept the editors were like no it has to be really cool and it has to be and so he kept going back to the drawing board i mean somewhere i have all the sketches Mm -hmm. um and they're all, they all look great. It's just uh, the one that they settled on, I thought looked really different from anything we've seen in Star Wars. So, mm. uh, you know, he incorporated originally like some samurai designs and some like, you know, Viking mythology stuff and all this kind of thing. So the, the net result looks really good. Oh, yeah.
2: It helps yeah. her like stand out, especially like in a franchise where the helmets always look the same, you know, <laughs> so yeah. especially like always the clone and the troopers and the mandalorians and then you have a character with like a design where it's like oh this is clearly this character this is clearly something different you know
3: yeah and and that's the thing is too i think it, it was sort of intentional because like once she decides to basically like get out of her the syndicate or you know lifestyle um and using IG eighty eight to basically calling in an anonymous tip, uh, he you know the Droid comes after her, and then she reveals that she stepped down basically, and then he kills all the rest of the the syndicate. Um, at that point, when she walked away from it, it didn't make sense for her to be wearing the helmet. So I kind of feel like oh, maybe I should have written a way for her to keep the helmet, but she <laughs> doesn't really use it because that was yeah. like the symbolic thing. Mm-hmm.
5: She looks cool without it too. It's sort of like I, I, I love so. her design. I like the so. the
0: the mullet, um, yeah. faux hawk
4: yes. thing she's got going on. The uh the green and purple and black together as well mm-hmm. is just is that like really teal That
0: balances out everything.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really okay. pops.
0: Um, now that you mentioned, that, I really do have to go back and reread the first couple of issues because the Mortar's whale and the um. The Unbroken Clan syndicate beef was some of my favorite parts of the early run of Bounty Hunters. And yeah, I think. It
4: it really did a, sorry if I was. No, go ahead. It really did the good job, a good job at the classic Star Wars and Media Res thing. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't feel like this conflict started in in issue one. Like I remember reading issue one when it came out off the shelves and being like, Oh, I'm just diving into this conflict that's existed for generations. And I thought that that stood out to, to me about it is just like you just you could feel the history and gravity of the situation, especially everything with commas and that horrible just situation that first arc is just there's a lot of history there. It's really you mm-hmm. can tell.
0: And then I think it's pretty poetic that Bukor is the one to take it all down, both the mm-hmm. Whale and yes. the Unbroken Clan.
3: She's a doer. <laughs> she Um, is yeah yep um
0: any final thoughts anything about just either bounty hunters or the issue just overall
2: i really i think it's been mentioned before but i really love that epilogue where we get to see everyone again and it's like everyone like I mean not necessarily happy but they're like they there's closure you know and we get to see like these characters who've gone through like so much kind of have like a very like uplifting ending like especially with like um, I'm gonna say his name wrong I'm so sorry Uh, (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm eating up my tongue right now um uh Valence and all of that like you uh, see how from the beginning he kind of goes through so much throughout the entire B of the comic. So to see him kind of have like such a hopeful ending at the end, like even though he's being going to be a chased by the empire now, it's still very hopeful. Yeah,
3: yeah. I w- yeah. I wanted to leave some, you know, like here's a here's a bounty hunter team, this this sort of newer bounty hunter team with like Deathstick and Boskin and Durge and everybody, like. Someone can take that for a spin, maybe, or, um, you know, they're they're sort of, they're all at a good starting point. If other stories take it from there, so that that was kind of one of my my goals as well, was to sort of leave it for whoever comes next to, uh, to tell have the potential to tell some stories.
4: I think what building on to what Nova said about the how Valance ended in kind of a similar like physical situation where he's on the run from the Empire, he's a bounty hunter. Like that didn't change, but the emotions and the motivation behind everything significantly changed. I think that highlights how good of a character arc it was where it doesn't exactly manifest as much in the situational change, but the interpersonal change is just like so heavy and so intense. I just That kind of stands out to me and I didn't think about it until Noah brought that up.
5: Yeah. You put you that so on. well. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, nice. yeah. I mean, I the two basic pitches that I went into this series from day one. Um, it was interesting because Mark Panicia really wanted it to be Valance to be this main character, who's our point of view character into this world, and he kind of saw him as a sort of badass, you know, almost almost Boba Fett level action star kind of character he's just a weenie but i what i really gravitated towards uh was this idea that uh and i you know as you know from a haunted girl i was going through a lot at that time and uh and the idea of trauma um what i liked about him was this idea that he put himself together after be after having been catastrophically injured so he's he's rebuilt himself essentially physically and you know may look a little weird to some people but he can you know is physically he can do a lot more with that but emotionally he's still broken and for him to sort of piece by piece rebuild himself over the course of the series that was like my pitch they like that and then the other thing too was they wanted to incorporate a lot of the classic bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back uh Boba Fett we could only use a little bit here and there because you know they the, the mandate is sort of they don't didn't want to over you know he's a character that sort of is such a force of nature in that era that it's kind of cool to have him in in smaller doses um but uh what i also liked in that world bounty hunters is that they don't really care if the empire or the rebellion or many of them don't care who wins because their lives are just as tough regardless it doesn't you know they're fighting for survival on the streets while there are these big epic battles in, in, in space. So I kind of, I wanted to show that, you know, the the war, they're not in it for this idealic, uh, you know, this idealistic crusade, like the, you know, the rebellion heroes are, they're in it for survival, basically, find a way to survive in this, in this tough galaxy so
5: that's why i love Valance so much because we see him in the empire and he does he's just like he's so like a believer and then we see him lose it all and then like have to come to terms with himself and life as it like it isn't as he thought it was and it just is a really beautiful story yeah
0: Yeah.
4: that's why it's so interesting with bounty hunters being part of these massive crossover events because you get the crossover event from the main crossover series and then you get the rebellion perspective from the star wars series the imperial perspective from the vader series but then the special thing about having the ongoing uh afra and bounty hunters is that we get a third party we get that kind of scum and villainy side of these big crossovers and it's just we didn't have that before like when i think of older crossovers like screaming citadel or vader down screaming citadel did have afra and vader down i don't remember, but. It's just nice having me. It, uh, it was it was Star model.
0: Wars Invader. It was the yeah, one shot and then two. it went into the other.
4: Yeah. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's really interesting. That's that's a really good point about how it shows it doesn't show that same ideological crusade from either side, it's more personal.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: I always pitch bounty hunters to people as it's a very character focused Star Wars shindig. And I don't want to say the events of, you know, the movies and whatever are secondary to it, but they're not as, like, important to the plot of the series. Um, I've, again, I pitched it to people. It's it's a very character-focused series because, again, you don't see a lot of, like, the big heavy hitters happening, except, of course, in the crossovers. But it's a very, like, personal look at these characters. And I think, that is still, I mean, to me at least, why it remains one of my favorites because it's very character focused and it really follows the characters throughout this like year, almost here, um, in this like very chaotic time in the galaxy when basically people think the rebellions like out out for the count. It looks like the empire's really not, you know, going anywhere. But it's interesting it's, it's interesting to see it on like a micro level, I guess. And I always tell, again, I always tell people if you want like a really micro, personal look at Star Wars that Bounty Hunters is a really good comic to start on. And then of course I recommend um Imperial Cadet and Target Vader for vet for background on balance, but it's still one of my go to's just because it's still like minimally related and tied in with the rest of the se- of like the, the Star Wars shindig, but it's still a very again micro look at this kind of profession of bounty hunting.
3: Thank you. I'm not good at taking compliments, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Um, you know, I said that in the letter, like it just having fans who really care and are just so emotionally invested in this, it just made this, it made it last longer, uh, you know, because we didn't have the A-list characters that, you know, Star Wars or uh, Darth Vader have. Um, so you really had to love these oddballs to like, you know, to get that critical mass to to keep going. And we could not have done it without all of you. Oh. <laughs> Hi, how do you like the compliments now? To <laughs> <some other
6: fun? laughs> Damn
0: it. When I, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but when I saw the hashtag Balance Nation shout out in the letter, <laughs> it was kind of crazy to me that a, a hashtag I made up is printed in a Marvel comic.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Star Wars references, StarWars.com references it all the time.
0: Oh my God! They do, yeah.
3: They
0: yeah. didn't. They <laughs> didn't even. In their announcements,
4: they're like, "Oh, shout out, like, Balance Nation will be happy with this or well, something." Well,
0: when we were at um, Celebration London, here's Kristen Baber did give us a hashtag Balance Nation shout out on the stage.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite video ever. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was shout out pointing. To I thought I was pointing you at you, but I might have like, missed. streaming like. <laughs>
6: Wow. And then you're like, Yay.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I was pointing to the right people because it was it, there, it, it's kind of bright up there, so you can't necessarily see uh, much out in the crowd. But
1: um, you should have, I was in my Bosque mask, you you could have just looked for
6: Bosque.
3: I was, but I, I it was you're like, blind, pretty bright, so it's hard to see who I was pointing at. Maybe it could have been another Trandocean, you know, another, another one. A non Bosque Trandoshan.
1: My nondescript Trandoshan. <laughs> my headset. What? My cat is trying to smack my headset.
3: My cats are just <laughs> running around here. I
1: don't know they got know the sure. zoomies. Like, I just, yeah. He's hes right here.
3: Right, everyone bust out Ooh. their cats. <laughs> Gosh.
2: I, I have, have a cat. Jan, did you forget I have your cat? A, for this? I have a lightning. McQueen. <laughs> Cats at home.
4: Didn't everyone the I don't have a cat, but my <laughs> and girlfriend, the my, saddest part is my, is my girlfriend is that, has a oh. cat, and I really love
3: this cat. So, It's
5: a monster Slight, Slight, head doll with a tail. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did balloons just fly? <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, uh, we here's my uh, my girlfriend's cat. Oh,
0: nice. beautiful. His name is Leo. My apartment complex doesn't allow cats, but I have a candle that smells like mint and cardamom. It's making my room smell like an anthropology. (laughs) The same. Uh, (laughs) Any last words, Ethan?
4: I have a I have a real quick question for Ethan, and it's probably gonna be like a, I can't talk about that kind of thing, but it was stirred up earlier when you talked about these different series happening around the same era and how you're able to pull in little things back and forth and i know that there is a mace windu series starting and a jango fett series starting i'm just wondering if there's going to be anything like that between these new authors yearn for the clone wars kind of thing
3: um so in this particular case no (laughs) but but uh I think like the model for these ones are there, they're going to be like kind of a a Mm self-contained shorter series. But my hope is I can tell multiple stories, you know, Mm. over, over time, you know, almost like the British uh, TV model where they'll have like Mm. a, what they call a series, which is like a season, but it might be like the second season might be like a whole other storyline kind of thing. Mm. Um, So I think like that might be the wave of the future in general um ongoings are very hard in this in this climate to mm-hmm. uh continue, and I think it's nice if you have a story that fits in a trade, it's easier for people to jump on and off uh but if maybe you can tell multiple adventures or whatever uh I will say this about Django it ties into other things um I love that it's set before phantom Menace it's set before uh you know certainly before Camino so you're seeing him sort of build his legend, uh, but for me that means zero continuity issues as long as I don't kill him, which you know is hard <laughs> for me. So, um, and if he if he does accidentally die uh, against the wishes of Lucasfilm and Marvel, then it's obviously Luke Ross's fault. Uh, <laughs> <and not mine. laughs> you cannot Are blame you Paolo for this. this. Is not Paolo's it's true.
1: Are you allowed so, to answer if Zam Wessel is going to be in it?
3: I'm not allowed to answer specific. I mean, I wouldn't want to answer specific presences. I mean, we know, obviously, Aura's in it um, from the Revelation story, uh, mm-hmm. which I can tell you sort of fits between issue one and two, sort of. Uh, you know, it's it's the great thing about Revelations this year is it's not like the the stories are actual part of whatever's going on in that they're teasing, yeah so uh you did i didn't want to sort of redo it so it's sort of something that happens as he's looking for something mm, so. i see
0: now again you can't answer this but is tobias beckett gonna be in it just make absolutely I, no indication like
3: like blink as if it were uh wait am i blinking yes, yes or no I don't whatever know blinking, you want no. you're for
0: the viewers <laughs> or the listeners he's blinking a lot
3: so if i blink 72 times it's yes and if i blink 74 times it's no okay
1: okay one two so lost Carol. I'm, not, I'm not good at math <laughs> there's a reason <laughs> i failed math. exactly no I,
3: I i like i said i am not gonna tell you know there there will be some pretty cool familiar faces popping in and out um, okay for like story reasons yeah yeah I, I can't believe how much they let me get away with. Ooh. I'll say that. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, but I love I love this era of Django Fett because there's no, you just don't know that much about him. Like, you know, yeah. don't have, he's not necessarily burdened with a lot of um, constraints. So it was a fun character.
1: No, because he really only has, I mean, they're both non-canon now.
3: The he open seasons comic, yeah. and then yeah. the
1: bounty hunter's video game,
4: and then yeah. there was the attack of the clones tie-in bounty hunter one shots for Zam and him.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah,
4: and then but in canon it. at least that's, he's got that's set,
3: yeah,
0: he's got the rebellion one shot or not the rebellion the age of republic one shot yeah. with um little boba, but I think that's like the only Is that his only canon
1: thing. I think
6: Besides, so. Like, the Besides, the
1: movie?
4: That's I'm crazy. looking right now. He's got. Yeah, the uh the oh. Yeah, he's in a okay, he's in a flashback of Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu, issue one. Oh uh but other Oh than yeah, that, and
0: he's in that fl- no, he's not well his head is in the flashback and or the bounty hunter's alpha. Stop.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that's
3: it yeah. though. Yeah. Well that's why I that's why I asked for to set this in that early time. Because there is nothing. Yeah, uh, Nothing's
2: stopping you at
3: this point. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We know he's like the alpha predator of the bounty hunters world, but we don't know anything else.
4: And it's, um, it's just before it's before Attack of the Clones, right?
3: Mine is before Phantom Menace.
4: Okay, so it's before Phantom Menace. So that means everything's and moving. Menace, is so
3: exciting! The man Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I believe, is ten years. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Thirty two twenty two. So,
3: so you have like potentially ten years of story that you could tell with this character. Oh. Uh, uh,
4: uh, it's like interesting you just, seeing you got
3: all the awesomeness of. Oh, hold on, Am my back yeah. and that's that's how it ends.
0: Who's <laughs> <laughs> having Wi-Fi issues now, Ethan?
3: <laughs> I, I just I just revealed the ending. You didn't hear it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't repeat it. Um, no, it's just uh, it's like all the coolness of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian with but a fresh canvas where nice i could do yeah
4: Yeah. it seems like stuff's moving that direction generally too because the living force by john jackson i was thinking about that
3: i cannot i think in april me too
4: (sighs) yeah it's just everything's going pre phantom menace i'm all for it
6: yeah
2: there's so much like uncharted waters there since Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. barely touch that time period and there's like since it's before the phantom menace there's like so much happening Mm -hmm. before then so Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see you know what they end up doing with that time
4: period. And it's going to be extra yeah. cool seeing it post High Republic.
2: I was
0: just about to bring that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, especially with Acolyte coming out. It's a 100 years before Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. I think. It's like 100, oh, wow. 120, something like that. Um, It's... Like, 20 to 50 years after Phase 1 and 3. I'm not sure the exact number. And then it's 100 years before Phantom Menace. So you're going to... I think in Acolyte, it's going to be really cool because we're really going to see, like, the full cracks starting to fall through. And especially, like... I mean, we talked about this in our Eye of Darkness episode. But the real kind of, like, breaking apart of the Republic and how the Jedi are kind of becoming they're not necessarily like the lap dogs, but they're definitely becoming an instrument of the Republic. Whereas, you know, in the time of the high Republic, they're pro they're deftly separate. And it's only when they have these kind of intergalactic cast- catastrophes that they start really becoming woven into the fabric of the Republic. And it's yeah. just interesting to see the kind of in between, um, the in between of the in between, I guess, especially with, again, acolyte coming out and how they're going to be in um Living Force, all that, but yeah, that's the little tangent I probably shouldn't have gone off on.
4: No, you're but- good. No. And it's just an interesting period too, because the Republic mm-hmm. is very kind of inactive and mired in that yeah. just non-effective, just like control of the galaxy. And I think that'll be interesting to see in the Django Fett run as well, if it ties into that at all. It, it, but...
3: de- it definitely ties into that. Oh, yes! Nice late Republic where... politics. Nice. And, yeah, and and it, I, it it'll it, be. You know, it's a lot because knowing what we know as readers, but they don't know as, you know, you can see the sort of the, the shadows that hint at deeper things, uh, which they, you know, most Love of the that. people involved don't appreciate yet. So, but I think fans will be like, oh, you know. Um Nice. So, yeah. So, I like I said, I can't believe what they allowed me to get away with. Uh They've read all the scripts, so I think I'm safe. Wow.
0: (laughs) Little did you know, there's actually a sniper behind you. They might be trying (laughs) to find you.
3: Any last questions questions. that I'm allowed to answer? (laughs)
0: Number Uh, one, how dare you?
3: (laughs) I dared. I did dare.
1: Throwback.
4: absolutely did. Uh,
1: Not a question, just thank you.
3: No. Yeah, yes. I appreciate that. Totally. You. Thank you. Seconded,
4: thirded. Thank whatever. you all.
6: Seriously.
3: <laughs> um, I appreciate the love uh, of these characters in the series and of our community and, and everything.
2: Bounty this... Hunters is what got me back into Star Wars. Yeah. In me 2020. Too. So thank you for like you. really reigniting that love, you know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're lovable. Consistently
2: meatballs. the only ongoing
4: I like picked out. <laughs>
3: I, i'm partial to all of them for different reasons um yeah to there's all of them.
4: yeah me too yeah mm-hmm. uh,
0: this might be again a question you can't answer but do you have any more star wars in the pipeline besides jangle fan
3: nothing that has officially been greenlit but uh i'm waiting to hear back on a couple of things that are uh yeah that i i can't even hint at so mm-hmm. Ooh. we will see <laughs> Uh, i'm also waiting here back on a couple of uh things at marvel and other publishers one is two are not star wars at marvel that i would really love to do so we'll mm. see I mean, they're oh, all, that's exciting mini series like none of them i'm not pitching any ongoings now or anything like that so um i am doing something really cool with another franchise that's not star wars at another publisher uh, but it is like official canon which is cool mm. um, and I'm waiting to announce that that has been a surreal experience for me because I'm working with indir- well not directly directly but with like the filmmaker involved and like it's wow. um, yeah it's it's kind of humbling to get to do this so uh, yeah you I, mentioned I Marvel nothing yeah you mentioned
2: Marvel I want to say I loved your Midnight Sun run yeah. Me too. Love the I struggled with it.
3: that one a little bit because <laughs> it kept changing, like who we could use and who we couldn't use, like, um, because of stuff that was happening elsewhere.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: So, like, uh, the identity of the Ghost writer, as an example, changed a few mm-hmm. times, yeah. like mm-hmm. as we were ramping up. So I had to like quickly rewrite. Um, you know, I love the characters I did get to use. Uh, it's just interesting. And then it was like, is it going to be tied to the video game or not? So it was. Um, it was very squirrely to to get the reins on it like as i was going uh but yeah it was fun i love i love that type of and, and one of the things i'm pitching is kind of marvel hard type thing so hmm. um, yeah be really really yeah cool uh
4: i got just maybe one more thing sure. uh i just wanted to just another comment uh, I really love your work with uh, the Galaxy's Edge and Allegiance comics.
1: Oh, Allegiance, it. yes, Allegiance. Uh,
4: as like a, I'm a huge sequel trilogy fan. Allegiance yeah, is like yeah. a big thing for me, and I I just I really love your work in the sequel sequel era as well. And I hope you mm-hmm. you're able to return thereafter.
3: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I uh, that one was uh, emotional because of the uh, especially because the Carrie Fisher, and also mm-hmm. for Rose, because yeah, uh, so good in that. Oh, I wanted... love the Rose work. Uh, i wanted her to be an equal member of the group and yeah. and it um yeah and then for carrie i wanted her to have there were a couple of beats i wanted i wanted her to have that big speech that sort of moves hearts mm. that sort of gets the ships and i wanted her to have a moment with her daughter uh just a just a moment where you know uh um uh, where billy reaches to touch her mom's shoulder. And, you know, obviously, obviously, been a plain mother and daughter. And the, you know, the characters are not mother and daughter, but I wanted visually to have them together in the frame. Mm. Um, that was my, because I, I got the chance to meet Carrie uh, a year before she died. It was one of the last news articles I did for the Daily News before I left. And um, uh, that was like a high, you know, like a bucket list interview for me. Uh, so I just, I really wanted to pay her uh-huh. tribute. That was important to me.
1: I think I've mentioned it to you before but like Allegiance is one of my very favorite comics and it Mm. completely changed how I view Ray, and now she's one of my favorite like top five favorite characters
3: well I appreciate I love I love Ray. um yeah I posted a picture of her with my daughter uh, like a day ago or something but um the funny thing is the script was I, I you know it was so secretive that I only got to sort of have it expl- like the first third explained to me I didn't even get to see the script and then they don't tell you what happens after but so much changed in the editing room that like Ray was not allowed to have her lightsaber that was something mm-hmm. that she was going mm-hmm. to rebuild mm-hmm. and then it was just like handed to her in the movie so like it, a lot of the things you see I, I think it still works in terms of the continuity but it did change like it did change over time because you know a movie mm-hmm. when it's being made is it it evolves, you know, and and so like when I was starting with this, it, it was a bit of a different animal. And then also, by the way, it was a whole thing like how do they get their fleet and so this was telling the story of how they got some of their fleet. And then it turns out it was really Lando going around and like being the charismatic person I, he is he's got everyone i to don't follow. think
1: that's a a you problem i think that was a a film problem that no <laughs> one really knew what was going on so you're good <laughs> And i think
4: in all of our head cannons uh a lot of those moncala ships that showed up were because of yeah. leia's speech and allegiance
3: yeah it yeah it was that that's the yeah that's the official story so yeah. um <laughs> so yeah i wanted i wanted that and you know i got to actually the cool thing is with that i got to tell a little bit about the culture like how they mourn like there was that mm-hmm. underwater thing and then mm, yeah uh, i got to do that with the with the planet gand and and sort of the gand culture yeah. um because i was like hey has <laughs> there been any depiction of this planet and i'm like nope
6: nope
3: you can pretty much so i basically terraformed the planet <laughs> nice which is pretty cool uh mike mikey basso found the creature that uh, uh which was from a, a previous video a previous role-playing game um And but I you know I knew I wanted it to be like a like basically like a litter and he'd be the runt, uh. But he you know he he sort of perseveres and he you know if he if he did his if he looked out for his own best interest, he would have gotten the the uh, the flower that he needed to get to uh, to advance. But instead, he went back to save his siblings, you know, Mm. his litter mates or whatever I. I can't remember what the terminology is but uh <laughs> yes exactly. I wanted that to be his character this this you know this softy who's actually kind of a, a closet badass. Uh, he
0: isn't has always been just a little guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And the you mentioned that the charon the species yeah, that was charon, brought back was, yeah. I as like I really love like the super niche like sourcebook uh RPG yeah. sourcebook like old 80s legend stuff because that was like the least content produced era for Star Wars ever. Stuff yeah, oh from there God, is always I, great I, to I bring it. back.
3: I lived it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all you had was droids 3, and Ewoks. 1983 and, uh, and 1997 yep. uh, or 1999 rather uh, where I had to wait. Um, just droids and Ewoks. Uh, yeah.
4: Uh.
0: One last thing, and again this is just a comment, but you have written all three of my favorite characters. You've written Poe, You've written Valence and you've written Han. So I have my nice. trifecta and I can die happy.
3: <laughs> and and fourth, Dengar. <laughs> you know, Dengar, I I actually wanted uh Hondo for that role, uh of that sort of unlikely duo. Mm. Um but uh he was off the table for some reason, story reason I think. So he was in like, jail well,
0: a- at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs>
3: what well- <laughs> that that technically comes later but like he could have been in jail probably who knows what he was doing um but uh Ah. yeah so so dengar was my backup plan uh yeah no that's very funny i came to like him like the the his salient moment is when he's on that ice flow and And he has a little knife sure and he has his little (laughs) knife and he's looking at his little knife he has no hope you know and then him in the last issue saying like, I had to kill this thing with uh, with just this knife. And it's not at all what happened, but it's like so like him to to tell that big fish story, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah. literally I just literally like that Manoroo's
1: like, Todd, please yeah. don't do this right now.
3: <laughs> She's going to leave him at some point. There's good no way. Good for her. Like, no way. Um, She's
0: way too yeah. good for him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Sorry to Isabella, but They need to break up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you so much to Ethan for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for talking about Bounty Hunters and blowing up balance with us.
3: All right. Well, thank you all. Have a good night. And uh, you too. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Lovely chatting. Bye. Bye.
0: So now we're going to move into Castle Run Book Club. And as you guys know, it has been a time and a half since we have done An episode of this podcast and that is because life was lifing so we're just gonna go through a run through of some of the notable releases within the past couple weeks um the ones we want to most talk about obviously is of course bounty hunters 42 from two weeks ago three weeks ago as of the time of this release um and high republic 3 and high High republic adventures 2 so i i think you guys have all read high republic 3 right
1: no, but it's fine. I have it in my bag. I haven't
2: touched it yet. I haven't touched any of them. <laughs> Julie's like, I don't have any.
5: I read Light of the Jedi like a year ago.
1: That's still valid. Like, that's all I can that's offer. It's so real. Hey, great book, I have great book. only read what the Phase it? 2 YA books and <laughs> the comic run.
5: I actually have a Empire Public book here I haven't read. Like Julia a Sef- Julia Sef- their
2: their copy of a uh, rising storm <laughs> because it was the target I gave cover. up.
4: Oh nice <laughs> I was like I
2: want I want the Elzar cover. I wish I had I
4: that like, one. Oh.
2: I'll send it and I was like thank you. <laughs> you needed it. The Elzar
4: cover's nice. It <laughs> is, it's really nice. Those the alternate covers for all those higher public like Phase One trilogy Ooh, are all yeah. like really really yeah, good, really nice.
5: I'm mm-hmm.
2: sad they didn't continue that with Me Phase yeah. Two and Three. Like
0: I remember when it was announced that Rising Storm was getting that um the the out of print edition, mm-hmm. and it was gonna have a freaking beanie and a tote bag. Like I tote if I had bag. known what out of prints were, I would have bought that. <laughs> But anyway, higher public 3, I don't remember the specifics, but I do know that um, Keeve, Tarek, and Sarit, and whoever else is in their little shindig have captured back the Ataraxia and are making their way into the occlusion zone, which I think will make for some very interesting storytelling.
4: I'm really intrigued because of are we talking spoilers or no
0: i think so yeah it's been out for two or three weeks (laughs) or unless nova doesn't want to
4: Uh, i don't care
2: (laughs) i I open all the spoilers on twitter at this point anyway
4: i'm really really excited to see how this this whole skier thing yeah uh, keeps going that's that's really intriguing i know it's people are saying like oh everyone survived but like no it's like it's okay if people survive they have a very interesting character change and I feel like that's what's mm. happening here and I'm really intrigued by the situation and like it works for the storytelling to have that kind of thing happen and I'm just it, yeah. it'll kind of recenter this uh, instead of being like Kiev trying to fantastic character uh, but instead of having phase three be her just having to move on uh, it's going to kind of go back to the phase one it's Keeve and Skier it's a story of a master and apprentice and it's now you have to deal with that. When the apprentice is now a master and the master is now something else.
0: Yeah. Moving on to higher public adventures 2. the story that they told with Lula and how insane Nick Brokenshire's story was like visual storytelling was <sighs> speechless. Like that shit Incredible. had to speechless.
4: Incredible. The, uh, yeah.
0: The coloring. Oh my that I was just
4: about to say the colors. Yeah, oh,
0: the colors, like the uh, the again the visual storytelling that he used in like the the little pa- the inset panels. Oh my god! Incredible. I need to have him back, and I hope he. I I think he is coming back because they kind of cut off Lulu's story before they escape from that big castle place, but I think from what I remember, it was like it was. A three-quarter page spread, and like three-quarters of it was Nick Brokenshire, and then the other That's quarter what I'm looking of it at right now yeah. was was Harvey. That is such an insane piece of visual storytelling that they chose to use, and how like it carries the story through and really brings you out of the memories and back into the present. Oh, I you, can't. Mm. You don't
4: really see that either. You don't see uh artists taking half of a page. Yeah. Like, like, a dual artist story, and then they take half of a page? Like, that's, that's unheard of. That's
0: crazy. They, Daniel, Nick, and Harvey were absolutely insane for that. hmm And I think, I'm really interested to see how they sort of bring back Lula to mm-hmm. the place that she is, like, from the end of phase one. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how they restore her memories and how they're going to go about it.
4: I just, I was going to say, I just... Uh, kind of finished my Daniel Jose Olderthon that I did over the <laughs> month of January. So I read Last Shot for the first time and I reread a big chunk of Midnight Horizon. And then also I reread a lot of Adventures Phase mm-hmm. One and Two I did at, just at the end of December. But this is just an ex- another example of just like, it's such a Daniel Jose Older story.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Just in. The way it interacts with memories and like identity and stuff like that in yeah. just so many great ways. And then also like with on like the Star Wars side of things, less like general narrative side of things. Uh, have you read Last Shot? Have any of you read Last Shot?
0: Yeah, I haven't. I have.
2: Yeah.
4: Any Solo fans out there would like <laughs>
2: Last Shot? So,
4: I know uh... it's
2: good. <laughs> I think I think that's when they re when they re canonized Teak, which I was yes. very happy about. Yeah, I <laughs> love yeah. Teak. Yep. So I was very happy about that inclusion.
4: <laughs> but the villain in Last Shot, Faison Gore, is a, uh, a Powan. So instantly seeing all the Powans in uh, at least issue one of mm. this uh, new Phase 3 Adventures run made me think like, ah, Daniel and his Powans.
0: <laughs> I think the prose yeah. for the flashback too was really, really good. Like, the girl who fell from the sky with no name or no, oh. the girl who fell from the sky. That shit was crazy. He was writing fire when he wrote that.
4: A girl um, with no name who fell from the sky. That's what it. Oh. I think
0: I think it's I think like, it was mixing up the Game of Thrones like Arya the faceless god shtick <laughs> with that one, but it just reminded. Me, sorry, it just reminded me of it, but yeah, I <laughs> like the detail in the pages for the flashbacks that Nick Brokenshire drew. My oh my god, I. I've said this before, and it's a controversial take, but simply because of the Nick Brokenshire art, Higher Public Adventures Fade 3 issue 2 is my favorite Higher Public Adventures issue throughout all mm. of the titles, which I think is a bold take, but I'm standing by it. The last one we can touch on is because this ended relatively recently. Shadows of Starlight. I think we covered issue 1, but not 2, 3, and 4. I thought it was cool. Charles was, I am afraid to say... Charles was incorrect when he said it was a good jumping on point for new readers <laughs> <Okay>. mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: yep.
1: so that was a fucking lie mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly I don't know why I believed that I read the first one and I'm like what In the
4: yeah right now? where did his eyes go
2: phase yeah. <laughs> three is not a good jumping place for anyone I don't know why you would yeah. say, like anyone would say that it's like you need like you, like, you need the context of at least phase one to understand phase three.
0: Yeah. I I don't know why he thought that was a good idea to say, but Charles is tra- Charles. going to Charles, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: I, I liked the Martian Roe issue. Putting in the context of what we know about Martian Roe and Gira Starves' relationship and putting it into, like, visual mm-hmm. play. And watching it play out on screen and seeing that, like where they were before, they decided to take um Pretra Vader, or I think they had Pretra Vader. Yeah, the the last issue, they freed Baron Bullen from prison and was like, I'm gonna do some experiments. <laughs> but I I think it was it was decent. I think there was a lot of like questions left unanswered that maybe they'll get answered, maybe they won't. Um, I think yeah. I give it a solid like three point five, maybe four out of five. I think the art was really good too. I liked the decision to have all of the different stories told by different artists.
4: Yeah, that was nice. Uh, this is just something that it's like hot take maybe, but there is absolutely no reason that Eye of Darkness needed to come before this.
0: No, I, I really agree think
4: Shadows of Starlight should have been the first piece of I agree. Phase three.
0: Yeah, it would have been a better bridge between the phases, in my opinion. I, I, yeah, yeah,
4: it literally it bridges the gap more than Eye of Darkness attempts to. Yeah, I think it would have been because reading these four issues and then going into Eye of Darkness, knowing nothing about Eye of Darkness, I think that would have worked a lot better. I agree. i Feel like they retread a lot of the same ground.
2: Did mm-hmm. the first. Was the first issue before I of Darkness or the first after issue? I, I think
4: was yeah. Yes.
0: It was okay. from Iram Aram Iram however you say it. It was like I think he said it was one day after the fall of Starlight, one week after yeah. Starlight, one month, one year. It cetera, was like the,
2: it was the council. It was the focus on the council. Yes, which is great. Yeah.
4: But it was uh that was yeah I think that was like two or three weeks before I of Darkness.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, especially like with the context of like the the like later issues especially like the Elzar issue the bell issue and the um Martian issue like feel like those would have been like a lot better to come before no. eye of darkness
0: yes. Yes. the bell issue would have worked so much better if it came before mm-hmm. eye of darkness
4: it feels like it, it it almost feels like it was intended to with uh, yeah. the reader stuff getting referenced so much
2: yeah, maybe yeah. it was a situation with like Quest of Jedi where it got pushed so far back that it came out like after everything.
4: Yeah. Oh.
0: I would not I would not be surprised.
2: Dark horse, uh, you are a wonder sometimes.
4: <laughs> Still looking forward to uh owning that physically whenever it oh my is god. In a you know what collection? shocked me I don't have it so is so.
2: that it's not collected in any of the trades for phase no. two.
4: Well because it's oh yeah yeah
2: because yeah. like I bought recently the trade for um What's it called? Nameless Terror. No, it's Phase One. It's the Monster Peak. Monster. Oh yeah. Monster Temple, Temple Peak. Peak. Yeah, that one. And that collect that has the 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 not the one shot the annual included in it and
4: other stories on the cover. Yeah, yeah,
2: but like you would think that they would just include it in Nameless Terror since it's just four issues at that point, you know. But I was like, considering the popularity of that one issue for no reason.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with the um the assessment that it should have come out before eye of darkness it would have it would have explained everything so much better and mm-hmm. i think it just works from a storytelling perspective to have that come before and have it be like you mentioned before like the bridge between the two phases but
2: mm-hmm. publishing yeah. is kind of publishing and like chronologically i think the the last issue ends like right before it right exactly. yeah right, right before i of Darkness. Like
4: yeah intended to be
0: they have Protroy Vader and they're starting to like do mm-hmm. experiments. Bulin's starting to Bulin.
4: Yeah. It's like that letting Bulin out to do the experiments could have been like, oh, he's going to do that. Let me read Darkness next to figure out what that exactly like what that is. Yeah. Oh,
0: well. I'm excited for Defy the Storm, though. I'm me too. In- intrigued to see where Vern is as a character because I'm going to be so honest reading Tales of Light and Life and learning that she became a way seeker like there was four sentences I think that like slapped me across the face spit on the (laughs) ground and spit on my face and shoved me to the ground like four sentences completely changed the outlook of Vern's character Mm -hmm. and that was in within like a couple months of starlight falling so an entire
2: year afterwards I don't know I'm I'm intrigued
4: We'll see. It's very intriguing.
2: As a stone geo slover, I know this book is gonna probably hit me across the face like 15 times over, <laughs> even though he's dead. <laughs> Anytime he's mentioned, I start tearing up. It's the, it's like oh, it's hated it's hated with valence, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's over. It's
0: over, it's no over. <laughs> um, okay. Any last thoughts on Shadows of Starlight?
4: Uh, just just time travel and make it all earlier. That's I, what they should have done.
2: Release it earlier.
0: So that concludes our episode, um, this mega episode, and our return back to the podcasting world. <laughs> um, thank you guys all so much for being here. It was such a delight to have you guys on this podcast and get to talk with you about bounty hunters um just throughout the past couple years like this has really been this has really been like the start of our friendship i think is like founded on bounty hunters (laughs) um and it's it was just really nice to talk with you guys as for more pod centric stuff um as always you can email us our links will be in the description you can follow us on all of our socials we are still taking viewer questions so if you would like to submit us and have us read a silly little question again our email inbox is in our um is in the description thank you guys all so much for listening and may the force be with you